Toby, how do you get Ewoks to communicate over long distances? <laughs> I don't know. With the walkie-talkies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're listening to a brand new episode of Battery Mates. All right, welcome to another episode of Battery Mates. It feels like a while since we have last had an episode. I'm Matthew. I'm in Britain. And I'm Toby. Toby. <laughs> I'm in Chicago. <laughs> and uh, you uh, you can't uh, obviously see us uh, because this is a podcast. Um, but I have just been introduced to Babe Ruby. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Ruby Fallsgraf, uh, who will be our... Um, we're taking over for me at the season's end um, <laughs> as the co-host of the show. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, um, you're lucky this is an audio podcast because she has much more of a face for uh, broadcast <laughs> than you do, Toby. Yeah. As beautiful as you are, we're gonna we'll, we'll have to start doing Facebook Live uh, events for these recordings and whatnot. <laughs> no, it's a, lot, a lot has happened since we last recorded a, an episode. I mean, first of all, three weeks of the season have happened, so that's, that's well, one thing. Three weeks of the season and a new child has arrived. Um, yeah, the royal baby. And, and, and I thought, <laughs> uh, congratulations, by the way. Yeah, well, it's great news for Kansas. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thank you. Um, I, I actually had no role in the arrival of the royal baby, other than obviously paying um, taxes towards the upkeep of the jobless uh, royal, royals. But, um, you know, good for them. Good for them. <laughs> uh, the baby doesn't have a name yet, right? I um, actually don't care. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you, you, this news to me, I assume they're going to call it something royal sounding, you know, like Charles or Henry or, oh no, Henry's the brother, isn't he? I don't Lorenzo know. Lorenzo you know. <laughs> Mustakis. 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 <laughs> George Brett Windsor. <laughs> George Brett Windsor. I mean, George is a royal name, but um, there's one of the kids is already called George. So yeah, right. Um, I don't think they'd, they'd want to do that. But anyway, um, <laughs> what about the baseball? There's the baseball. been three weeks of baseball. It's not going very well so far. That's the TLDR here. It's early. This is, I keep having to say this to everybody, even the Indians fans who are freaking out about. We're we're, we're twelve and eight at this recording, um, and uh, <laughs> it's funny. I previewed to matthew that we were you're not gonna be hearing sirens in the background you'll be hearing a kid crying in the background for this episode but right now you can hear both <laughs> you might be able to hear both um in the next minute or so um no it's the people the indians are 12 and 8 at uh, this recording and uh people are still uh, a little and the offense is very much underperforming so people are a little bit freaking out about the offense um but it's so early like we're not even you know we're less than a, just a little over 10 percent into the season um, there's a lot of baseball left to play. And I believe, um, you know, the Nationals are a great example of that, right? They're in, what are you guys, in third place right now? We're in fourth place, 10 and 13. Um, 10 and 13. This is the first time we've been below 500 since uh, mid-2015. So, uh, you know, I don't, I I don't want to... It's not too early. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been giving a lot of abuse to Arsenal fans recently who are who are um uh, in agony over the the terrible state of their of their team despite the fact that they're near the top of the Premier League uh playing in Europe regularly. So I don't want to complain about the Nationals and sound like I'm um, upset with my diamond shoes being too tight. But it's not <laughs> been a great start. It's not been a great start. I, I'm pretty I'm still pretty confident but um uh, it's a, it's not where I was expecting the standings to be. Right, and you know, this is we, we. A lot of us went through and, and made predictions on this season. No one predicted the Mets to be a 700 baseball team <laughs> at any point in the season. Um, you know, the Cubs are in fourth place. The the the, the Dodgers are barely over 500. Um, they're not in first place. The um, God, the, the the Astros are just a half a game in first place. Um, yeah. That's mostly a testament to the, the Angels playing out of their minds. Um, uh, but and and in the East, AL East, the 
you know, the Yankees are in third place, the team that everybody crowned the World Series champions before opening day. Um, granted, it's really early. They could end up being, they could end up winning the division, even though they're currently five games back um, of Boston, who are currently on track to win like 135 games this season. <laughs> <laughs> but it's early. It's early. It's early. It, it's really early. It's still April, and there's been a ton of games uh, postponed and and everything else. But um, it's fun. You know, I, I think one of the predictions a lot of people were making was that it was going to be kind of a, a dull season, and we had the same teams winning every single division. Our teams winning every division were the same as all of the pundits, um, right. and it's just not—it's just not playing out that way. I mean, the Phillies are, are fourteen and seven for goodness' sakes. It's—it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a—you uh, know—I think everyone expected Texas and San Diego to be doing as badly as they are, and Miami, I think, are, are, are really. You know, they are just lucky that Cincinnati have shit the bed even more than they have. Uh, and I don't see them turning things around. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's more interesting, I guess. Cincinnati's on pace to win, like, 38 games this season. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. they have a 182 winning percentage. They oh. fired their manager in mid-April. <laughs> in mid-April. That's not, it's never a good sign. That is never a good sign. Um, that's so. Yeah, it's lots happened. A lot of fun stories going on. You know, people. Um, the Mets have had. They're gonna. They had their fun month. They get to have a fun month, and now they're going <laughs> back down to earth. And Boston's been out of their out of their minds, and the Yankees have been pretty middling. Even though they're now, I think they they put they had a few. They won three in a row or so. But you know. It, you're right. I think it's fun to see some of this variation um, uh, in in the quality of the teams right now. Um, but I still suspect it'll shake out kind of the way we we thought, uh, at least to some degree. Maybe the Braves won't won't be their season as I predicted, but um, they're coming. They're coming. They're not far away. Yeah, they're they're coming for us. I can hear the hoof beats in 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 the distance. So we've got a good episode coming up. We're gonna ha- uh, uh, talk. Uh, three up three down cover a, a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. um and then we're gonna uh, uh have a a brief scuffle yeah. a, a benches clear uh discussion one of those benches clear where the whole thing is over by the time the bullpens have managed to trot in from the <laughs> outfield um but we are gonna have a benches clear coming up later on and then we're gonna go back to our uh our old flame uh trevor bauer but um first up should we should we go three up three down Let's do, let's do three up, three down. Um, and I can go first if that's if that's helpful. If you're, if you're not, you be my guest. So um, one of the things, being a, a on um, parental leave, I've been able to to watch some late night baseball um, more than I <laughs> more than I normally would necessarily have the chance to do. Um, and one of the the most fun series so far that Cleveland has played was uh, a. Uh, road series in Puerto Rico. They played in San Juan, um, a two-game series against the Twins, where the Twins were the home team for both games, um, which is something I looked into the explanation for and still don't understand it. Um, but the Twins were the home team in in, in San Juan, and um, it was awesome. It just it felt like a kind of a World Baseball Classic atmosphere. Um, you know, very much. It felt like the playoffs, even though the games, it's April and we're playing the Twins, who ostensibly are a rival in our division. Um, but, you know, no one really cares that much about an April game. Uh, but both games felt like they were real, um, like there was a lot of weight to them. Um, and uh, Puerto Rican native um, Francisco Lindor, uh, our shortstop, um, hit a pretty majestic two-run homer, uh, which ended up being the difference maker in game the first game of, this, uh, uh, of the series, and was just incredible, like, how much he's, how much cl- fun he was clearly having, how much the fans, who more or less were just rooting for uh, the Puerto Rican players and matter the team, um, so when uh, Rios pitched for the Twins on, on, on the, in game two of the series, they were basically Twins fans all, all through the stadium. Uh, whenever Lindor was up, they were all Indians fans. It was, it was pretty great, um, and he hit a pretty uh, incredible home run um, uh, and really celebrated it. Like, I think, um, to, uh, he, he, you know, he got a, a 9.5 out of 10 in terms of celebration points for sure. Um, and I, 
you know, I wanted to bring up Puerto Rico because I think this is something they should be playing more games in Puerto Rico and also a lot of the other um, places that we, we a lot of uh, Major League Baseball players come from where we don't currently play games. I'd love to see games in Venezuela and Dominican Republic and whatnot. Um, but uh, it was particularly meaningful, I think, to have the games in Puerto Rico considering, um, you know, the the, the hurricane um, last year uh, and how even in this series we saw a the the aftermath of what that still, what that looks like for the island um, you know that on Wednesday morning of game the, the day of game two um, the entire island like lost power you know there was a blackout across the entire island and it took 24 36 hours to get uh, power back if somebody had made a mistake or I don't know it wasn't a, it wasn't a end up being a huge deal. Um, but it threatened the game. The game ended up going on, didn't really um, have any problems. And it was actually a 16-inning game. And so by the end of the game, you actually saw the city in the background start to light up, um, which was pretty cool. Uh, but it, 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 wow. was, it was really, I think, um, just had, there was a lot of gravity, I guess, uh, to, to having the games there um, and, and, and seeing the, the fans in Puerto Rico get a chance to really uh, – you know, be celebrated um, and celebrate um, baseball. So that was really cool. And the Lindor celebration was, uh, was you know, <laughs> one of those Olympics moments, it felt like. Um, and after the game, he apologized for uh, his, his celebration in case it, you know, anybody thought it, he went too far. He, you know, he clearly got caught up in the moment, um, which no one understood why he apologized because no one seemed to take issue with it. Um, but then the very next day I saw an article about how our good friend, Justin Verlander, um, had taken exception with, um, some over-aggressive base running, uh, from one of the players, um, on the White Sox, maybe it was like five to nothing game and he stole second and Verlander was, you know, all, all fussy about, you know, that's not good baseball. Uh, when you're, you know, down five runs, you, you know, don't need to be aggressive on the base paths, um. Just like get over it. Like, what is wrong with people? Um, I don't understand this like unwritten rules taking exception uh, nonsense. And especially Justin Verlander always seems to be on the wrong side of this. That's- <laughs> uh, evergreen comment um, for Verlander. I, I mean, just quickly on the Puerto Rico thing, it, it's it's stunning to me that it, not even uh, um, this game happening with the power outage really drove the 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 post-hurricane shit show to the to the top of the news agenda is that's incredible to me but the unwritten rules thing is 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 crazy um there was another example of this uh when the twins were playing um i can't remember who the twins were playing and brian dozier was was super pissed that um oh uh, it was uh, yeah it was the the orioles it was um chance cisco the catcher he bunted for yeah yeah he bunted for a hit against the shift, yeah. and uh, <laughs> when they were when they were already like uh, uh, nine runs down or something. Um, number one, I just don't think that 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 rule is good anyway. Number two, it surely doesn't count when you're the team that's behind. I can understand why you know trying to run up the score from uh, when you're nine runs up is kind of a right. douchey move. Number three. If if the game was over, why were you having a shift on in the first place? <laughs> right, that was my favorite part. <laughs> it's like you can't blame somebody for trying when you were trying. <laughs> it's like that's not that's not how any of this works. So that was kind of lame. No, that that actually was the best example of the the unwritten rules and quote unquote taking exception um, with some of the behavior of people so, actually just playing the game well. It was a great play. So <laughs> So All right, my my first one is uh, it is um, uh, watching baseball in Britain. I haven't, I haven't, I have literally never watched baseball in Britain before. Mm. Um, uh, not for not for a whole season. I've been here on work trips or on vacation while baseball is happening, but uh, I didn't really. Last time I lived in England, I didn't know <laughs> what baseball was uh, really. <laughs> I mean, beyond seeing Yankees hats. Um, uh, on tourists' heads, but um, so it's been a whole new experience to me. Most of the games uh, in the first week or so were daytime games, uh, which was which was great. 
So if a game starts at 1 p.m. on the East Coast, that's a 6 p.m. Uh, uh, start for me. That's when I get home from work. That's nice. I can watch the game while making dinner for Lily or, or whatever. 4 p.m. games, those are even better because that starts at 9 p.m. my time. Hmm. So I've, I've put Lily to bed. I've done dinner. I've done you know clearing up. I can sit down and watch the game. That's perfect. But a 7 p.m. game is midnight. And <laughs> as the father of a, of a one-year-old child, I am 100% wanting to be asleep at midnight. Right. <laughs> I, I, the only reason I, I'm awake at midnight is bad reasons, because <laughs> Lily is awake and cross. There's, no, there's nothing good in my life that requires me to be awake at midnight anymore. So it basically means I'm, I'm missing those games entirely. Um and this week, the Nationals are on the West Coast. They uh, were in LA over the weekend. They're in San Francisco. Those are even weirder because those games start at 3 a.m. UK time, <laughs> which means Lily wakes up around 6. So I'm usually awake for the last 20, 25 minutes of the game. So I'm now getting up in the morning at 5.45 a.m. and watching the 8th and ninth innings of West Coast Nationals games from basically the day before, which makes me feel like a time traveler in a way. <laughs> Not a very cool one, like a one that has to get up early in the morning. But um, those are pretty cool. But it's also really, really made me appreciate the condensed game that MLB TV does. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, within a couple of hours of a game finishing, they've got a two-minute recap, and then they do this condensed game, which usually doesn't have the commentary. It's just, like, all of the time the balls were in play or strikeout or something interesting. And um, I, I didn't used to watch them that much because I'd watch a lot of the game or, or, or watch highlights as the game was going along. And there's a really cool thing I've noticed you can tell before you've even clicked on the link how good a game was by how long the condensed game lasts. <laughs> if a condensed game is, a, is over 10 minutes, it was a really good game. But the Nationals, uh, the, the condensed game from yesterday's uh, game against the Giants was six minutes. <laughs> that, was, that was it. <laughs> six minutes. The oh. longest one I've watched so far is 17. So there's, there's a huge variation in, in how much action has taken place. That's, yeah, that's bizarre. I mean, I, I can't even, so I once watched some playoff baseball when I was traveling in like, I must have been in Prague or something like that. But, um, and yeah, the games were on at like two in the morning uh, or three in the morning. Uh, and, and I did, I did end up watching like the ends of the games when I would, we would get up uh, in the morning. Yeah. Um, just bizarre. Um, well, congratulations. Yeah, it, you're a time traveler. It it, 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 it works. It works up to a point. I'm worried about, the playoffs the way things are going i might not need to worry about the playoffs but <laughs> i obviously will want to watch all of the playoff games and you know that's a lot of sleepless nights yeah no and in the way baseball is it's every day you get like a day off of every third day or something like that or it's not that's not enough um no i in my in romantically when we, were, we knew we were having a kid i thought oh the west coast games are going to be great because i'll be you know i'll stay up with her um and what, no no that's not how it works like when any moment you that she's asleep you want to be asleep too <laughs> um did not see that coming so uh yeah no i i uh i i feel by the way i i think um i mean i'm gonna need you to review for our listeners and for me all the lessons you learned in your first uh baseball season watching baseball as a father because you know, Lord knows I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying last year. But, um, <laughs> and hell no, I'm not going to go listen to those episodes again. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I, but I'm going to be probably learning those same lessons uh, over over the course of the next six months. So more to come. Um, I guess I'll go to my, my second up here. Um, That's how this works, yes. <laughs> Good so counting. I you wanted to bring to everybody's attention that uh, we are something really uh, bizarre is happening, and Joe Sheehan, um, a baseball writer uh, I, I particularly enjoy, um, it was the first I saw to call this out. <clears throat> um, we are about to have the first month in Major League Baseball history with more strikeouts than hits. Um, it's never happened before, uh, and as of yesterday morning, um, Monday morning. Uh, we had Major League Baseball had 5,562 strikeouts and 5,174 hits. So, barring some r like ridiculous change of trajectory here in those stats, <laughs> we are going to have the first month 
ever uh, where that um, and then part of it may be weather because obviously it's a lot harder to be a hitter um, in some of these cold weather cities. Um, but that's weird. And I think, you know, Jeff Passan, um, the Yahoo sports writer, uh, and uh, I think he wrote, he wrote the arm, right? Um, great book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he basically was like, look, we're in the strikeout era of baseball, um, whether you like it or not. And that's, that's pretty much, um, it seems to be, uh, you know, pretty, pretty clear. Um, we're having people strike out at 40%, 40% striking out, uh, uh, 40% of plate, plate appearances striking out, you know, Ian Happ and Miguel Sano have struck out in 44.6% of their plate appearances. Um, the record in a season, um, was 37.2%. Um, so that's, it's a lot. Um, and again, this could all change. It's early. Um, but a lot of players are on the hot, very high end of, of strikeouts, including um, uh, National League, last year's National League MVP and current New York Yankee, Giancarlo Stanton, yep. um, who's striking out a ton. But anyway, I just thought that was really interesting and something we want to keep an eye on, especially as we talk about like the uh, Rob Manfred's obsession with uh, reducing uh, the length of games. The more strikeouts we have, <laughs> the longer the at-bats are, the longer the games are. Um, that seems undeniable. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's not exactly it's not exactly on um, uh, on topic, but uh, the the twenty one pitch at bat oh, uh, yeah. from the O's game the other night uh, really slowed things down. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we should, you know, at the at the uh, by the sixth pitch in at bat, we should put a runner on second base um, and just <laughs> good stuff. Well, talking of. Um, uh no not really talking of anything uh i I thought i could pivot there i couldn't Uh, i want to talk about small ball because um this season the nationals are playing some really great small ball and that is you know we're not we're not (laughs) we're not winning all of the games we'd like to but uh i am really 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 enjoying it i'm i don't know if this is you know because i you know the bat and ball game i enjoyed uh growing up was cricket and there's a lot more, you know, hit and run in in that game um, than baseball. But I I would rather see someone score from a you know a a, a, a bloop single and a steal and a sacrifice fly and a you know whatever uh, working the way around the bases than a home run. Mm-hmm. And I know that puts me in a minority of baseball fans that home runs are not my favorite thing about baseball by any stretch, but the nationals are, are just, there's been some phenomenal um, uh, plays literally in March. So it must've been the first or second game of the season. I went back and watched this when I was um, trying to dig in a little bit on these numbers, but uh, uh, Michael A. Taylor, who we talked about earlier for your, your fantasy team, mm-hmm. um, he, he got a, a bunt uh, hit to get aboard, stole second, uh, went to third on a ground out and then uh, scored a run on a sacrifice fly. Um, uh, he uh, scored a run in a uh, mid-April game, early April game, uh, reaching first base on an error. He got sacrificed to second and then he scored on a um, uh, on a bloop single. And this is this isn't kind of like we're just getting lucky. This is part of Dave Martinez's um, philosophy. He they they practiced. Um, uh, uh, a lot of different base stealing tactics uh, in spring training, um, and it's and it's coming through. I, I, I dug into the numbers. In 2015, we were second to last in the National League in steals, but this season we're currently top of the stolen base uh, bases league. Uh, two of our players are in the top two: uh, Michael Taylor and um, Trey Turner, with mm-hmm. ten and nine bases respectively already. Um, the, the team is averaging more than a stolen base per game, hmm. um, uh, uh, and eight players. We've have we've got eight players who have stolen a base, including uh, uh, Pedro Severino, the catcher. Wow! And uh, Max Scherzer got his first career uh, stolen base. Um, <laughs> and this, this is oh. a stat. I, this is a stat I really love. Uh, in it, last season, uh, we were seventh in the National League with. Uh, 542 walks and this season we're on pace to walk 725 times so it's an extra base runner on average per game hmm. uh so you know once they're aboard they're they're trying to run and they're trying to uh, get moved around 
and I just I just love it. It's is the minutiae, it's the kind of like, you know, and it's the cheekiness that I like of particularly <laughs> um stolen third bases that we're we, we seem to be I couldn't find a number for the number of stolen third bases, but it feels higher than it has been in the past. And I just love it. I just love that stuff. Well you know what, Maddie, the more walks per game, um you know what that's not helping? Pace of play. So um <laughs> no, I but um, I, I generally agree with you, what you're saying, and I th- I agree with I'd rather see um, uh, someone score from second on a single than a solo home run. Um, even though solo home runs are also very fun. I mean, let's be honest. I, I like all runs, all in play run. Post, uh, parenthesis yes. <laughs> um, but I I think the I'm a little I'm a little sore. I, so statistics most most of the time the run ex, uh, expectancy data. Um, says you probably shouldn't be sacrificed bunting um except in some very specific circumstances obviously the pitcher um more likely should should bunt um but there are circumstances that make sense um but more it's really frustrating to be a cleveland fan uh in the last week where one of the games in puerto rico uh they tried and failed to sacrifice a runner from second to third four times in a 16 inning game four times (laughs) And we lost the game in 16 innings, you know, uh, it was one of those games, like- it was brutal. And it's like, you know, I appreciate small ball. Um, I, I would, would have preferred if three out of those four at bats have been, they wouldn't have wasted two strikes trying to bunt. Um, but, uh, if you're going to do it, make sure you can know how to bunt, make sure you can bunt. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I really exactly. love aggressive base running and, Going from first to third, that that actually I think is like the my some of my favorite stuff. The underappreciated uh, people going from first to third on a single, that kind of stuff. Um, it's just great. I want to um, give a plug to um, uh, a, a new stat I've rolled out this year: um, the Bryce Harper selfish index. Uh, <laughs> Bryce Harper has hit nine home runs. Of those nine home runs, seven of them have been solo. Oh God! What an asshole. So, so he's got a seventy. He currently has a seventy-one percent selfish uh, index. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to track this all season. Uh, he's 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 hit he's hit seven solo home runs and uh, two two run home runs. So um, he's really not making the most most of it. And um, that's just classic Bryce Harper. It's his it's his free agency year, so he's yeah. just thinking about himself. <laughs> uh... Is that is that something that people are freaked out about in Nationals culture? Are they that his impending free agency? Uh, I don't. I mean, uh, not not really, because I think to a, uh, most of the people I talk to, they assume that he's going mm. now because the Yankees got uh, picked up Stanton, pretty much taking them off the table. There's there's some talk maybe maybe he'll stay hmm. um but i think i think most people generally kind of have um a- adapted to it there, there's been some really really fun talk and this, this might be a, a benches clear uh, future segment uh, there's been a couple <laughs> bit of chat starting given the nationals um poor start to the season of uh if we're if we're just not in contention hmm. uh, well in late in the summer maybe we try, maybe we we cash in early that would be a remarkable turn of events. I would be would shocked be. if the Nationals weren't in contention with the pitching you have, with the lineup you have. I, it's, <laughs> I, I expect some positive regression soon <laughs> from the Nationals. Um, I, I, I do hope so. I do hope so. I, I bring up the because I'm going my last up here. I'm, I bring up the impending free agency because I have, and maybe this is fatherhood. Um, uh, changing me. Um, but I've tried in the last couple weeks going into this, um, uh, NBA playoffs actually to, um, be very cognizant of the fact that my basketball, the team that plays basketball in my town or my hometown, um, has one of the greatest, if not the greatest players of all time, LeBron James on the team currently, and maybe not much for much longer. You know, he's a free agent, um, and kind of like Bryce Harper, there's a large expectation that he will probably leave um, because he's 33 and he wants to, you know, he always wants to be competing. And Cleveland's kind of on a downturn. Um, and so I'm trying to watch these playoff games with that in mind. Like, you know, there's this is, um, you know, a pretty rare circumstance where you get to have a player like 
uh, LeBron James on your team. Um, but I, I bring this up in the context of baseball um, because Fangraphs did a piece last week um, about Corey Kluber. And not, not to say that Corey Kluber is LeBron James or even Bryce Harper. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, I think there's some... Uh, I, I think it's really interesting to kind of take a step back and look at just the body of work uh, that Corey Kluber has put together in the last four seasons. Um, he, he has won two Cy Young Awards, so pe- it's not like he's not getting his due. Um, but I still think when people talk about the greatest pitchers in baseball, you know, they talk, and, and I'm not saying this isn't accurate, they talk about Scherzer and they talk about Kershaw, and they talk about Chris Sale, um, and they, you know, usually Kluber comes up, and he is um, one, of the great, uh, one of the great starting pitchers in baseball right now. Um, but it's, it's the last calendar year has been somewhat astounding uh, how, how good he's been. He's been, uh, according to to Fangraphs, war. He's been a full solid game and a, uh, win a win and a half better than the next best starting pitcher um, in that window. Um, and he's he's just you know he's had a pretty phenomenal uh, couple of years. And, and you know you never know when a player like that who's had a, 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 some back issues in the past year and a half, and um, you never know when that, that, that streak will just come to an end. And you know you don't want to. Looking back on that track, uh, that um, that streak, or that 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 you know amazing performance, um, it just isn't. It's not as great as when experiencing it in the moment. Um, it's nice to see it on paper, but it really is when when you, when Kluber is going to the mound uh, at, on any given day, uh, you know he's gonna. You're more than likely going to see a an elite performance, and you can't say that about most pitchers in baseball right now and it, it's just the regularity with which he, he turns in some really impressive games you know he pitched on Sunday he gave up three runs and that was a bad outing for Corey Kluber uh, he won but he was it was a bad outing for him um and it's just really cool I, just, I, I don't think in my lifetime um there have been that many instances where I've really appreciated a player like that performing in the moment um, usually it's, it's, uh, maybe a couple times I can count like, uh, Cliff Lee in 2008 had a just phenomenal year. And I remember like not really understanding how this was possible considering he was in the minors the year before. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, have you, have you given any thought to that in terms of, uh, you know, Bryce Harper, if he does, if he is going to leave? <laughs> yeah. If he does leave, I, I'm going to kick myself because I, I you know, I first got into baseball when he was, you know, the phenomenon, and I think, you know, I, I've I've been a bit, what's the phrase, um, entitled. Yeah. Um, and so I'll 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 miss him when he's gone, and uh, kick myself that I didn't um, appreciate uh, him for all the frustrations and the injuries they've been, and there's been a couple of times where he wasn't really uh, up to his mark, but. Uh, I think people, I'm, you know, I'm joking about the the selfish thing. It, <laughs> it it feels like the season, this season, is pretty special already. So um, I'm hoping that we can have a little bit of pressure taken off um, by getting some wins under our belt and and really um, uh, watch him. Uh, hopefully, at his best. Yeah. Well, All right, my third one is pretty quick. I I just want to I just want to flag up. Uh, uh, for any listeners that haven't seen it, um, I hope you have, Toby. Uh, the greatest triple play, I think, in uh, possibly in Major League uh, Baseball history, I, there's no uh, repository of these things. I've never seen anything like this at all. Houston were playing in Seattle um, uh, at the end of last week. And Evan Gattis, the, uh, he's the house and catcher, I think, um, uh, with uh, no outs, uh, uh, runners on first and second uh, 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 had a little tapper towards uh, third base. Um, the Mariners uh, get a force out at third, throw across to second for the for the second out. Gattis obviously just thinks that there was already one out, and so is trying back to the dugout. <laughs> the, Mar- the Mariners players at first. They just don't know. They don't understand it, and then suddenly they realize, and like they they start to move towards him to tag him out. And there's this great moment in the GIF where uh, 
he suddenly realizes that everyone is running towards him and his his shoulders just slump <laughs> you know when you when you realize you've really fucked up his shoulders just slump and he trudges off like charlie brown it's just the funniest the funniest triple play ever but my my favorite bit about it was the way he handled it afterwards he he walked into the uh the clubhouse where the the, the press were and uh shouted as loud as he could does anyone want to talk to me about my dumbass play? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely uh, phenomenal. I totally missed that in the in whatever. I don't know what was going on that day, but um, I saw a little bit of chatter on Twitter, so I just went and saw the, so watched the GIF. That was, <laughs> that was incredible. It's so good. He he was asked about it, and he said, "I think I got so mad I couldn't think straight." <laughs> <laughs> because of hitting into the grounding into the the crappy double play, it just it was just beautiful. We've all we've all been there. We've all had bad days. <laughs> we've all had bad days. Uh, <laughs> well, it's it's time for a quick word from our sponsor. Are you ready for this? Let's go. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Boudreaux's Butt Paste, the official sponsor of Battery Mates transition into dad podhood. Boudreaux's Butt Paste is the most trusted name in infant derriere relief. There's no better place to turn when your cakes are cooked and your buns need buttering, when your donk is on death's door and your duff needs fluffed, for a cracked crack, a, bummed, a bum bum, for a rash on your ass, for the bumps on your rump, or whatever your fanny, American definition, is on fire. It's the gunk for the junk in your trunk. Boudreaux's Butt Paste. This is your life now. <laughs> well, that's great. <coughs> that is... Um... It's great to uh, really diversify the range of sponsors <laughs> that we are getting. Um, and I appreciate the uh, whoever wrote the script for um, that one in the PR department yeah. uh, clarifying that um, it was the American definition of, of <laughs> fanny. Uh, that's important, medically important um, small print. Yeah, I mean, I think there could be some dangerous – I don't think it's meant for any other part of the body, particularly other definitions of fanny. Yes, yes. I mean, yes. I could be wrong. I have literally a lot to learn, but um, I could be wrong. Well, we should we should look at the we should look at the small print. I accidentally brushed my teeth with it yesterday because um, it came in the mail. You know, they gave you a bunch of free samples when they when you sponsor a show like this, and I didn't know what it was. I just, just had to brush my teeth with it. Didn't notice for the first until it was like not it wasn't bubbling enough like normal toothpaste. Uh, that's why I looked at a little more closely at the packaging. Um, yeah, it burned. It definitely burned. It didn't feel good. Uh, all, all things considered. Is this? Is that true? Did you actually? <laughs> no, but I did. <laughs> That's not true. But I did once brush my teeth with um, a like medical. It was like a prescription, like moisturizer or can cream or something like that. That I that wasn't mine. That I thought was toothpaste, and that is. Where that was the inspiration behind that story I was telling. That was a while ago now. Okay. Well, you know, look, I remember how tired I was when Lily was first born, and you know, crazy stuff does happen. <laughs> I, you know, I put like you know freshly made cups of coffee into the fridge. Uh, I tidied uh, stuff out of our dishwasher into the freezer. Um, it's just all kinds of stuff goes on. It's a weird time. I've, yeah, anyway, I've, definitely, I've definitely thrown some things away that I didn't that and found later that were not meant for the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's go to benches clear. Yeah, uh, this is your topic. Yeah, I, should... I think we're on opposite sides to this one, so let's let's you, you introduce it and I'll rebut. This is this could be one of those things where it was all a big misunderstanding. So, um, so this 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 comes up every season, um, two times a year. One. Um, in in April, when bad weather and and uh, really cold games and players are playing in like you know ski outfits, um, <laughs> that when that ha- is happening, um, this story seems to come up. And then also later on in the season, when you know pitchers run out of gas in November, you know when World Series games are being played in November, um, and uh, you know players just just run out. Of, clearly, who've had great years run out of steam in the playoffs. Um, the question becomes, should Major League Baseball shorten the season uh, so we can have maybe 152 or 146 or whatever uh, games played uh, and start the season mid-April, have a few more off days, 
end the season mid to late September and have the, the playoffs end by, you know, the third week in October. And so no one's really playing in snow. And it, it would be an odd turn of events to see someone playing in snow. <laughs> um, and I normally I would be I, I'm just not not in favor of a major change of the, of the, of the rules like this. Um, but this season seems particularly uh, egregious. Um, this is the best case so far. Um, we had a game played in Chicago uh, against the White Sox at Guaranteed Rate Field, um, which I right. wish we could, every time we said that the listeners could see the logo, <laughs> which is literally just an arrow <laughs> pointing down. Um, we had a game where 974 fans attended. Um, oh that was on April, what day was that? April 10th, April 9th. Um, the official attendance was 10,377, but because only 970 people showed up, they could count them. <laughs> and they did. Um, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. And, you know, it says something about, you know, the general weather and why are games being played in Chicago in, on the first week of April? Um, but, uh, you know, that was not a, uh, an isolated incident. Um, we've, we'd already matched the major league baseball of weather related postponements, um, as of April 18th. So I don't, I haven't actually gone and done the research to, to see. I'm positive we passed it and set our own record. Um, so I don't know, Matthew, what I'm, I'm, I'm entertaining the idea for the first time in my life. Um, should they shorten the season? No. Okay. This is when the bench is clear. <clears throat> oh, I've finished my argument. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I I want there to be as much baseball as possible. So I, I don't want the short season to be shortened. I think that they should just have, you know, maybe there's a case for April having a larger roster mm. and um, having more double headers and, a, you know, a bigger roster to be able to account for giving people uh, more days off. Uh, I don't know. You, you know, it's no good having a double header, uh, more double headers when you don't know which days are going to be playable and which days aren't going to be playable. But I, you know, it seems like this could just be a freak season. Maybe if the, it, this there's there's this number of postponements three years in a row, uh, we can come back to it. Um, but I, I don't want there to be less baseball, and um, and you know, I'm not going to deviate from that. One thing that I thought was interesting about this debate um, that's been going on you know, on baseball tonight and wherever else is, is people saying you can't shorten the season because that means less money for the, for the players and they won't take a, a pay cut. Yeah. But, you know, footballers only play like, what is it? 16 games yeah. a season. They get played pretty well. I don't think this like I, these players, it's not a, uh, an hourly rate <laughs> they're getting paid. Right. Like they're not, they're not wage staff. So I thought that was kind of a, a dumb argument, but, um, you know, I, I, I think, I think this is just a freak April and it will be fine next year. I, I think, you know, there's something to be, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think necessarily the bullpens have come out and they've actually started to retreat to their, their, their benches. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think, um, you know, I'm not against the idea of there being more scheduled doubleheaders to give more off days to kind of bring the season to a, you know, mid-April to mid-September range. Yeah, yeah. Or, and the other thing that could happen is, you know, I, I think you could see spring training be a shortened. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I, I know they try to do this, but the scheduler should be able to come up with more creative ways to avoid playing a lot of games in cold weather cities in April, like the, the Cleveland and Chicago and Detroit. Uh, and I'm probably forgetting Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh and whatnot. They should be playing very few games in April in those cities. Um, the minimum, whatever that is, um, because you've had games <clears throat> completely wiped out. You know, I think was it a, uh, Minnesota, series that was snowed out the whole series was snowed out yeah yeah it's like okay um you know that that happens occasionally and this this is a freak you know some some freak weather um but thanks to al gore i think we're gonna have more freak weather um coming <laughs> year to year and you know maybe we'll have snow in may i remember the first cubs game i ever went to at wrigley um it was like may 20th or may 25th or something like that it was a night game and it was like kind of misty and 40 degrees 
<laughs> it was so cold. It was like the week before Memorial Day. Um, uh, that ha- it was one of the few games I've ever had to leave early because it was just unbearably cold. Um, anyway, so I guess we agree. Let's not change the schedule. Um, let's not change the number of games played. Um, yeah, I'm glad that didn't lead to a chill between us. <laughs> oh well, that speaking of a chill between us, um, <laughs> we have to. We this might be a new segment that we that I want to call stalking our ex. Um, Trevor Bauer was, um, you know, the love. He could have been the love of our lives. Um, the first season of Battery Mates, we followed him really closely, and he's done some things to. Um, which we don't need to go into again, um, but he's done several things to earn uh, his dismissal as our um, uh, player favorite player of intrigue. <laughs> um, <laughs> but every once in a while, he does something um, notable <laughs> that that earns the right for us to talk about again, or at least gets our attention on on uh, Facebook, where we're stalking him on Facebook. Um, <laughs> Matthew, did you see this before? Before I'm about to bring this up, or is this is this a uh, yeah? Okay. I'm 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 familiar with this as a user of the internet. Yeah. Um, Trevor Bauer has hit all of the internet sweet spots with this one. Yeah. So for those of you who who didn't see this story, um, uh, this headline actually is a pretty good one. <laughs> um, Sports Illustrated headline here is Trevor Bauer is making the world's first charitable sixty nine joke. <laughs> so um he announced nice. a couple weeks ago right before the season started that uh um hold on one second this is this goddamn website's playing an ad um yeah <laughs> thanks thanks sports illustrated um he <laughs> uh, they also call him an extremely online person which is i think really great um <laughs> he announced right before the season started that uh he and his his representation um, asked for more money than he thought he deserved or he, that he wanted to be paid this year uh, in arbitration. And he won. Um, he actually wanted to ask for $6.9 million in arbitration, which his representation thought, oh, that's way too high. You're not going to make that much. Um, so he said, well, how about this? Six, $6,420,969.69. And, um, they uh, ended up filing for six point five to five million um, because I think they would have been laughed out of the room by our arbiters. <laughs> um, but so the difference turns out um, he's going to donate the difference to charity um, in sixty nine installments. <laughs> Not, I wish I, I wish this was all a joke. Um, on top of paying, <clears throat> so the way he's getting the round, he's giving. Um, Six. Let me get this number right here. It's something like six hundred and forty. What is it? Uh, he's making sixty-eight donations of four hundred and twenty dollars and sixty-nine cents, and one last contribution of sixty-nine thousand four hundred twenty dollars and sixty-nine cents. Um, and he's the way he's getting to this really round number. It's the difference between what he wanted to get paid and what he actually is getting paid. Um, and he's paying the videographer, the campaign manager. Um, the, 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 the difference there, $6,002.70. So that's how he got, I was really curious about how he figured out a way to get to this really round, um, internet friendly number. But so he's doing this and I was, you know, it's really creative and obviously won the internet that day. Um, and (laughs) we were all, um, forced to remember the good days, uh, with Trevor Bauer and he released it and you guys should watch this. He released it in a video that is really weird, um, uh, on his website, uh, which is boweroutage.com, in a 69-second video, which I didn't even appreciate until I read the Sports Illustrated article. Um, so Basically, I was... this dude really, really, really likes 69 jokes. <laughs> yeah. He seems an, it seems to be an, an endless um, pleasure for him. Um, but he... he uh, so I was really nervous because because you know, we we don't agree on everything politically, uh, Trevor and I, um, and you know he's done a lot of predictably he's done a lot of veterans and military and law enforcement stuff and sure that's great. Um, so I was really worried that there was eventually going to be a like Trump's super PAC or something like that in here, um, but he's given to some good good groups too. He's given to Girls Who Can Code. Um, he's given to a lot of. Uh, STEM-related uh, projects, uh, Project DNA, um, 
uh, you know, I guess there's some other, just everybody agrees is, are good foundations and charities. Um, the, the Friends of Cleveland Kennel. Um, so that's good stuff. Um, so, and he's rolling this out one day at a time. <laughs> one, one charity at a time are getting that, that donation of uh, 60, what was it? 400, what was it again? Uh, it's got a little, it's got a lot of 69s in it. It's four. He's giving a donation of four hundred twenty dollars and sixty nine cents. That's right, sixty eight <laughs> of those. <laughs> um, I have to close that window because it keeps making noise. Um, okay. So anyway, that's. I just wanted to give everybody in Battery Station an update of what um, uh, Trevor Bauer has been up to, um, on top of having a, so far a pretty pretty phenomenal year. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, uh, that's a wrap. I mean, we um, we were hoping to have a half-hearted attempt at empathy this week. Um, an interview I conducted with Stephanie Cutter, the deputy campaign manager for Obama 2012, former special assistant to the president of the United States. Um, uh, I did this interview earlier uh, or late last year and then packed the recorder into the boxes of stuff that came across the Atlantic. We've now got those boxes but I haven't unpacked all of them, and one of the few remaining boxes has got the recording in it. Uh, so we hope to have that uh, uh, interview for the next episode. And because we didn't have it for this episode, we had to do more talking. So I apologize for the sound <laughs> of uh, our voices. Uh, it's entirely the fault of the removal company being so slow in getting us our boxes from America. Yeah. And, and um, you know, we have no empathy for anything else so we're both pretty tired tired dads at this point um luckily i recorded the interview with stephanie before the boston red sox went on the ridiculous hot streak <laughs> that they're on right now so uh, uh we don't have any of the typical boston fan attitude <laughs> <laughs> I hope all uh, your questions my... are like should you be should you guys be considering trading any of these players because you're clearly uh, in tank mode now. Um, <laughs> it, 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 I wanted to ask her um, whether or not uh, Big Pappy should retire soon. <laughs> but I, I just I lost my nerve. I couldn't I couldn't ask it. I, couldn't, I didn't think she would get our. I don't think she's an avid listener to Battery Mate, so I don't, I'm not sure she'd she'd get that joke. But um, it was a really good interview, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing it again for the first time in four months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, and wait, are you implying David Ortiz retired? Oh God. No, I'm saying should he retire? Oh, great. Okay, great. Whew. Yeah. No, he hasn't retired. No, I mean that's why I don't think so. Good start. Yeah. Yeah, we would have heard about it if he'd retired. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, we'll be back. I think. In, in an episode um we'll be back in the next episode is when we'll be back <laughs> we'll be back in the next episode and in the meantime shack those balls shack those balls <laughs>